0: going on today for the heart and soul of America and the right side must win it's time for America can we talk with Debbie George Addis on America can we talk we talk truth about America and why it matters to you America can
1: we talk starts now and good evening and welcome to America can we talk I'm Debbie George Addis I'm so very happy you've tuned in tonight well my first five tonight very big news out of Washington today you may have heard during the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court nomination hearing in the Senate that late in the week, Dianne Feinstein, California Senator Dianne Feinstein, announced that she had been holding a letter uh, from, since July of this year. We're now in September of July of this year from a woman claiming to have uh, been the—, the um, victim of some kind of an assault during high school by uh, the the, uh, gentleman who's been nominated to the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh. He's served in the Circuit Court of Appeals in Washington since 2006. He's up for nomination. Raucous, raucous hearings all week long. Anyway, in the Kavanaugh um, hearings, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the news that came out today was that this uh, anonymous accuser from high school days actually decide to identify herself. So she has come out identifying herself. Her name is Christine Blasey, like B-L-A-S-E-Y, Blasey Ford. And she is a California professor um, and a psychologist, a psychotherapist, something like that. And she is claiming that back in the early 1980s, in the summer when she was 15, or so, and Kavanaugh was 17 or so that they were at a party, and he engaged in some conduct toward her that was um, that was uh, of a sexual nature. She's not alleging rape. She's not alleging, um, you know, that any any um, actual um, sexual action occurred, activity occurred, but she's alleging that he was uh, he restrained her, and um, and that she was the the victim of his wrongdoing. So this is, of course. Prior to her identifying herself today, there was a decision made. Diane Feinstein referred this letter to the FBI that almost immediately said, we're not investigating this. This is 30 plus years ago. This uh, you know, nomination, we've been, we've been on this uh, nominee for months, and we're not going to investigate this. Just kind of dismissed it as a, oh, come on. Well, now the woman's identified herself. And I want to just make a couple points about this, because this is... This is extremely important in America. Number one, many women who are the, in the hashtag Me Too movement use the mantra, believe the woman. They basically say, if a woman says it happened, it happened. And this was the mindset behind President Obama's order uh, when he was still president toward colleges where he said essentially colleges had to set up a uh, tribunal process so that girls accusing young men, uh, college students, of sexual assault or rape or any kind of uh, inappropriate behavior sexually— could take their cases to an on-campus hearing. And essentially, the way the law through several drafts was written, it was treating the woman as though, of course it's true, and she was being labeled almost immediately in the, in the actual drafting of the law as the victim, and the man was being labeled as the perpetrator. And so even though the law got changed, the, the mentality was there because the woman said it had happened. And I happen to know some child advocates, people who uh, represent children who are the victims of abuse. And they, that same mantra happens in that mentality. Believe the child. That if a child said it happens, that's the end of the day. It happened. End of the story. And folks, I have to tell you, in this particular case, number one, this woman in California is a left-wing activist. She spent all weekend long deleting her social media accounts, which reflected what a left-wing activist she is. Number two, she is entitled to be heard if they decide they're going to investigate this, but she is not entitled to to be believed just because she said it. This is part of the downside of the Me Too movement, this mentality of, well, if she said it, it's true, we're done, that's over. She is not entitled to be believed. That is a second point. The third point is that this woman in California, if, if this incident even occurred, which uh, Justice Kavanaugh, Judge Kavanaugh is saying, no, never happened, did not happen. In fact, the young man, this, this woman in the accusation when she was still anonymous, named someone, a, another guy at the school who was in the room, who she said saw the whole thing. And he's already said, I never saw anything like that. I, I've never seen that. Also, as Justice Kavanaugh, as this accusation came out anonymously, there was a letter issued by 65 women who knew Judge Kavanaugh back in the day in in high school. This is a very elite private high school in Washington who said he's a gentleman. He's a perfect gentleman. He would never have done this. They went right to his defense and said this didn't happen now. This is going to throw this hearing into tumult. There will be efforts by the Me Too leftists to say that any senator who now dares vote yes for this nominee... Is going to be labeled as a supporter of of uh, rape, a, a someone who doesn't care about women, who doesn't who uh, who can brush uh, sexual assault under the under the rug. This is going to be a massive effort, and you have to understand where this is coming from. The American left is on this because they need more than anything else in America. They need to stop this nomination to the Supreme Court because this seals a conservative majority in the Supreme Court. So the idea that we're all going to salute and say, well, she said it, nomination's done. I don't think so. A lot more on this point. If you're watching a Facebook Live, come back in four minutes. I'm Debbie George Come right back.
2: America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty And build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with five talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F I V E talents.org.
3: and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomeFront.org. That's OperationHomeFront.org.
0: Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org.
1: And welcome back to America Can We Talk? I'm Debbie George Addis. I want to spend a little more time talking about this news out of Washington related to the woman who is the accuser of the nominee, uh, President Trump's nominee to the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh. The woman again is a California. Um, she has been a. She's a college professor. She has been a uh, kind of psychotherapist. She. Uh, gave She spoke to the Washington Post, conveniently, uh, spoke to the Washington Post, but she did allegedly provide uh, some information that surrounds her accusation against Brett Kavanaugh that back when she was 15 and he was 17 or so, early 1980s, that he had engaged in inappropriate contact, conduct toward her at a party when he was drunk, his friends were drunk. I don't know if she's claiming she was sober or drunk. I don't know what she's saying. But, you know, it's an accusation of a one-time interaction uh, not involving sexual intimacy but where she felt restrained by physically restrained and um, felt assaulted by him. I want to hit a couple other points about this. I am fully aware and completely believe I have never fortunately been been, uh, the victim of that kind of thing. But I can imagine that women who have when you're 15, it's a little hard to speak up, especially if the guy's older. He's kind of cool. He would deny it. His friends will deny it. So I do think that people who say, well, she didn't speak up then, she has to be quiet. I mean, you know, you don't speak up at the time, you lose. You, you can't, you have to give a little bit of grace to women who, especially young girl, being a little bit unsure of herself, unsure how to, to move forward with this. However, this is 30 plus years later. She's married, he's married he's met, he's led as far as all of the vetting by the entire uh, you know, Democrat media mob have been vetting him, not just this time when he was nominated to the Supreme Court, but back in 2006 when he was nominated to the appellate court, to the federal appellate court, the circuit court in D.C., very prestigious um, you know, circuit. It's, it's the most prestigious circuit among the uh, appellate courts. So the idea that all of this time... This woman recalls this and has this, it was just a horrible incident, and says nothing, never speaks up. She didn't speak up when he went, he, Kavanaugh, went to work in the White House for George W. Bush. That's how Bush got to know him. He was a lawyer in the White House. And then W. appoints him to the Circuit Court of Appeals, and the Senate confirmed. This is a case where a woman did not speak up for years and years and years, and now the Me Too Media mob is trying to say essentially, she must be given 100% credibility. No, no, she is not entitled to that. She is not entitled to just because I said it, it's true. Nobody is actually nobody. Second, what is the motive of a someone who is a left wing activist who's been busy all weekend deleting her social media accounts, which hopefully someone screen grabbed. I mean, somebody out there. I'm gonna guess screen grab most of what she had up. She's a left wing activist, and Cav- justice K- Judge Kavanaugh has denied this when it first came out before he even knew what the name of the person was. I'm assuming he's continuing to deny this. So what do you do with this if you're a United States Senator? That's the question. What do you do when you're the Senator and you get to vote on whether this man is elevated to the Supreme Court? On the one hand, you will have the Democrats always have been looking for a reason to vote no. They were going to vote no anyway. This just gives them, this is a gift in their lap to give them an irrefutable reason. I have to vote no. Look what's come out about him. We can't decide whether it's true or not, but it might be true, so we're voting no. So the Democrats mostly will do that. Many of those Democrats, by the way, perfectly happy, including Dianne Feinstein, perfectly happy to support Bill Clinton in his run for presidency and a second time when all of his sexual misconduct Throughout his adult life was well known to them, to Hillary, to most of those senators. Diane Feinstein voted when the, uh, the um, impeachment hearing happened in the House uh, against Bill Clinton. And he was, uh, he was impeached in the House, moved to the Senate for removal. She voted no, voted not guilty on both the charges against him. So the double standard is screaming from the American left right now. All of them fine with Bill Clinton. People, his, his bad conduct known before he even got to the White House the first time. His conduct in the White House with Monica Lewinsky known. They're all fine with him. All these Democrats who are just going to be hand hysterical, they're fine with Bill Clinton. But now that we have this justice headed to the Supreme Court... We have a, a, an allegation. They can just say, well, of course we cannot confirm this guy. I mean, look what he's alleged to have done. In high school, high school folks, drunk in high school. I'm not saying, I don't even know what happened. Obviously, no one in the whole Senate knows what happened, knows what happened. But let's turn to the Republicans in the Senate. The Republicans in the Senate are going to be faced, as I said before the break, by the Democrat media mob with essentially the accusation of you vote no or else you're part of the me too problem you will condone or permit people to be successful in life when they've engaged in conduct that's not appropriate this is the militant use of the me too hashtag movement that gets to gets to the place where the senators are supposed to say because it's been alleged I have to believe it and I got to vote no and I got to tell you folks this nomination this supreme court is So consequential to America. This is among the main reasons people gave leaving the polling booth in 2016 of why they voted for President Trump to save the Supreme Court, to save the Constitution, to put people on the court who will follow the Constitution, who won't actually write law, but will actually follow the law. Apply the Constitution. This nomination would give a 5-4, and there aren't, in the five conservatives, you know, they're not 100% reliable all the time anyway, but at least a a more solid 5-4 conservative majority on the Supreme Court. That's what this nomination is all about. So here we are in mid-September. If we don't confirm this guy, then we have the Democrats in hysterical mode dragging out Kavanaugh, dragging out the Supreme Court here, the uh, FBI investigation. And then we have another nominee, and you can see where this is headed. We get to the midterms. We have the Democrats think they'll win the House. They're going to have the House. They're going to move for impeachment of President Trump on day one. And if they can't get him out, they're going to have the Senate. If if the Democrats win the Senate, they're never going to confirm anyone President Trump nominates for two years. Unless you were to nominate a left-wing radical judge, which he's not going to do. So this is pivotal, vital timing. It's awfully darn convenient for the Democrats. Awfully darn convenient. A woman who's been silent since early 1980s suddenly comes out in 2016. A left-wing activist says this happens. It's supposed to tube the entire Kavanaugh nomination. I think that America cannot afford that risk. Now, I'm going to tell you what I think in a practical matter. You have the, you know, jelly spined Republican senators who are easily picked off all the time. You know, Lisa Murkowski. I'm sorry that they're both women. It's really kind of sad. But Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, maybe a few other ones. Well, now that this has come up, I got to rethink this. Hopefully, even for those two, it will dawn on them this timing is pretty darn convenient. Pretty darn extraordinarily convenient to block President Trump getting fulfilling filling out the Supreme Court with nine people with nine justices. This is a huge issue. I I will say I I think it's imperative on the part of the Republicans in the Senate to make the point. You know this this Diane Feinstein you had this letter since July, and so if this woman who's now making the claim. Gave the letter to Dianne Feinstein in July. Why are we now hearing about it as the, the Kavanaugh hearing is now wrapping up? Now, maybe Feinstein was told by the woman, you know, I don't want my name out there. I just want to kind of anonymously, you know, take a shot at him, but I don't want my name out there. Maybe Feinstein will say she was covering for the woman who didn't want her name out there. But it is just, I, I got to tell you, folks, this kind of stuff, this is very convenient for the Democrats the, the decision, and i get got to tell you why the Democrats, it's not so much that the Republicans, need, and the Republicans do need, uh, the conservatives who love the Constitution, need a Supreme Court filled out with, with a majority of Constitution supporters. That's one thing. But in the Democrat side, the way the Democrats in this country have pushed a very left-wing agenda onto the American kitchen table, into the American heartland, is through the courts. Democrats cannot win their policy arguments— Through elected bodies, they don't win them in state legislatures. They don't win them in Congress. Democrats Democrats win their radical leftist agenda through the courts. And if they see the Supreme Court blocked from making the kind of decisions they count on them to make, to ignore the Constitution, to find new magical rights and magical uh, guarantees in the in the Constitution. If Democrats see that blocked, this changes their entire game plan. We come back from the break. I'm going to talk a little bit more about how we could possibly be in the position in 2018 with the midterm elections in two months. The country is just doing great under Republican President Trump's policies, under Republican policies in the House and Senate. And yet we're wondering if we can hold the House. How could this be? I have some answers. If you're on Facebook Live, come back in four minutes. I'm Debbie Georgiades. This is America Can We Talk. Come right back.
0: The song
4: The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit Foundation.org and get involved today.
2: The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE
5: your support. Have you heard of the Policy Circle? It's a national network of women who come together in neighborhood conversations to discuss the public policies impacting their communities. You can think of it as a book club, but instead of reviewing a book, members discuss public policy issues. Policy Circle members have access to membership-only resources and benefits that complement a thoughtful framework for women to come together and have fact-based discussions. From Healthcare to Poverty, From free enterprise to education, from fiscal responsibility to the First Amendment, we discuss the issues that shape America. Change starts with a conversation. Conversations happen when women across the nation are connected and engaged in their communities, openly sharing their views and taking a leadership role in policy dialogue on what human creativity can accomplish in a free economy. Are you ready to join a growing network of engaged women? To join or start your own policy circle, visit thepolicycircle.org today. That's thepolicycircle.org.
6: The federal government spends $900 billion annually on anti-poverty programs. What has it produced? 75% of black children are born into fatherless homes. 43% of the prison population is black. The black poverty rate has remained at twice the national average. And cities like Oakland, Baltimore, St. Louis, and Detroit are in ruins. Instead of helping, bad policies and billions of dollars have spread a sickness in the black community. It's time for a cure. The Center for Urban Renewal and Education, CURE, led by President Star Parker, is addressing our nation's most critical problems in our nation's most distressed zip codes. Cure's mission is to fight poverty and restore dignity through faith, freedom, and personal responsibility. To find out more, to read about how Cure works, and how you can help, please visit UrbanCure.org and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Together, you and I can cure America.
1: Welcome back. I am Debbie Georgiadis. Okay, I'm going to get to other topics. I want to hit two more things about this Kavanaugh hearing. Prior to the emergence of this accuser of Kavanaugh, um, something he did in high school, allegedly, which he's denied, which uh, no one else has affirmed, which, you know, as I said, 65 women who knew him from high school came forward saying, this is crazy. He, he's a great guy. This This did not happen. The other person in the room, she claimed, who was there, said that didn't happen. But, okay, you know, they're going to have to decide how to resolve it. I want to make two quick points about this. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, hardly a bastion of conservatism. You know, she's a left-wing justice. She's, you know, she's a a stalwart liberal justice on the Supreme Court. She was interviewed this week, and she even said in an interview, she described the way the Senate conducted themselves— in this Kavanaugh hearing with his goofballs making noise in the and goofballs invited by the Senate senators, by the way, you know, disrupting the proceedings over 40 people had to be dragged out uh, because they were screaming and yelling. What you were seeing on display is left wing lunacy because they can hardly stand the idea that president Trump gets to do what presidents do, which is to nominate Supreme court justices. Ruth Bader Ginsburg in an interview described The Senate conduct, including the Democrats, especially the Democrats, described it as a highly partisan show, she said. and She talked about when she was confirmed, she was confirmed something like ninety five to three. I mean, there were not ninety five senators who loved her left wing views when she was confirmed, but they understand the process. He who wins the presidency gets to make, or she someday, gets to make the nominations. So she, she was very critical of the way the uh, Democrats have conducted this hearing. She said um, they never asked her about, I'm sorry, 96 to 3, she was confirmed. when um, She was nominated by then President Bill Clinton. Um, she said the atmos- atmosphere back then, in the Senate was truly bipartisan. Um, she talked about she would worked on the ACLU for the ACLU for 10 years No GOP senator even asked her about that. I mean, this whole notion of, and I want to get around to getting it, where where the Democrat Party is today, how radically left they are, how outraged they are. They try to tell you it's because they don't like President Trump. Particularly, it's just him. It's not. The outrage you are seeing on the Senate floor in, uh, by the conduct of people who've been attended, invited to attend, by the senators. This is way beyond we just don't like President Trump. This is the radical left using Saul Alinsky task, tactics, which you talked about in the show many times before, but Saul Alinsky, radical leftist, you know, guru to the Obamas and to the Clintons, this idea of you villainize somebody, you and the uh, Saul Alinsky words, you pick the target, you freeze it, you personalize it, you polarize it. They are, the radical left is doing this, Saul Alinsky tactics right in front of us, the Kavanaugh hearing being just one example. OK, I want to turn, though, and tell you what Google's is doing, um, because it's kind of interesting, too. Uh, the Senate, especially the Senate um, senators on the Judiciary Committee involved in this hearing and, and the entire Senate, are working to find some way to be sure that they can block this nomination by President Trump, to the Supreme Court. In addition to that, to the just just outrage fervor by those senators to find something to destroy Kavanaugh. Uh, and by the way, you should read the article. All the articles I mentioned, uh, by the way, are up on our website, org. The interview with Ginsburg, where she's just excoriating the conduct of the Democrats, that this didn't used to be that way. It's wrong. She calls it wrong, the way the Democrats are acting. But i got to tell you, Part of the problem that we have in this country right now is that the left is so far anti-American left, they can not engage in the normal kind of political debate and discussion. They can't. Every issue is turned into a you, you do it my way or you're a something, a racist, a xenophobic, a hater, a homophobic, some other name. There is, there's no more actual intelligent conversation. I'm going to turn that to Google right now. Google, you know, whenever people use it as an adjective now, you know, if you say, hey, are there good any any good Italian restaurants in this city? I don't know. Google it. I mean, it is what the search engine you use to find pretty much anything. You know, what was the election outcome in Nebraska in, you know, the year 2000? You Google it, you find it. So Google, I mean, where we are in this, in this midterm right now, we have 2018 midterms coming up in November. We have a, a, just a humming along economy, bursting with good news. We have the lowest unemployment rate for blacks, Hispanics, Asians, and women in decades. We have the highest consumer confidence in just feel good about America in decades we have jobs coming back because of President Trump's policies bringing businesses home. We have record highs on Wall Street. I mean, everything is great. And the Republicans are reading and hearing the media say, you know, oh, my gosh, Republicans, we can't even probably hold on to the House and we might even lose the Senate. I mean, this is like Twilight Zone level stupid. Everything is going great. Under Republican policies. But somehow Republicans shouldn't be reelected. And I got to tell you what the reason is. It is in great part because of what I'm describing. This anti-American leftist fervor is out there in spades on every issue. And people get distracted. They get confused. They get led down the wrong path. Google, speaking of leading people down the wrong path, Google um, is, you know, there are articles out now. In fact, one's up on our website, Americakemitytalk.org, talking about, you know, Google as just one example. If you were, as PJ Media did an experiment, they just googled the term "Trump News," Trump News. Okay, I mean, a lot of things could be fall in the category of "Trump News." Ninety-six percent of the Google results about Trump were negative. 96%. I mean, Google, you think you're going there to find the truth? You're going to be propagandized. Propagandized. There's no other word for it. PJ Media had that uh, example. Another one, the author of this article, Frank, I don't know how to say his last name, M-I-E-L-E, Meal or Mile or something, um, he did the same thing. He put in Google Trump News. He said, it wasn't until page four and entry 39 that he found the first quasi positive thing about Trump. So Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube are all working very hard to make sure you don't hear anything good about President Trump. Don't hear anything good about the Republicans, about the Congress and the things that they're doing about President Trump's conduct. So fortunately, and I'm not putting a lot of weight in this yet because I've been very, 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 very disappointed in Attorney General Jeff Sessions, as many Americans have. But Attorney General Sessions is convening a meeting of the state attorneys general, inviting the attorneys general of each of the 50 states on September 25th to talk about what they can do about Google and Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, because they are stifling the conservative voice in this country. Stifling, not letting people hear the story, letting people people hear the truth. So I want to tell you this story. Um, A great thing happened on this subject in terms of uh, because the question is, what do you do about it? And Google would say, well, you don't have to use Google search engine. Go use another one. But the problem is there is no source to get, there's no correction possible. So one great thing that happened late last month, former antitrust attorney for President Reagan named Larry Klayman filed a class action lawsuit against Apple, Facebook, Google, and Twitter, accusing them of working in concert to suppress conservative speech online. The suit is an antitrust claim. It is seeking one billion, B as in boy, billion in damages. It is a way to start the conversation. How do we make our, how do we insist? How do we get back to where these entities actually expose Provide access to conservative views. Now, I don't know what Attorney General Sessions is going to do. I'm going to hope our great Attorney General from the great state of Texas, Ken Paxton, is there because he'll be full of good ideas, I'm sure. But this whole idea of just surrendering to Google, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and just saying, "Well, what are you going to do? They hate conservatives, so none of us can talk to each other." The, the, you know, the idea is get out on this issue now. Think of some legislative solutions. Think of some uh, criminal or civil liability uh, solutions. We can't just surrender to the idea that for the rest of time in America— conservatives will have no way to have their voices heard their voices will be stifled by the left-wing media mob that includes in this country today includes even president obama and i'm going to tell you when we come back from the break what he's been talking about on his tours around this country because he's trying to raise he is trying to he is Actively working to turn out Democrats to crush every Republican. This is unprecedented for a former president. But again, Obama is the leader, one of the leaders of this left, radical leftist effort to turn America away from our founding values and toward leftist big government control. We gotta fight back. I'm Debbie George. As America can Me talk for you. Facebook Live? Come back in four minutes.
2: If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection, and IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org.
4: The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and get involved today.
0: Our nation faces a choice. The path of big government based out of Washington or the unique brand of liberty and prosperity enjoyed here in Texas. For 27 years, the Texas Public Policy Foundation has helped leaders in the Lone Star State prove that fiscal restraint and small government can deliver opportunity and prosperity for all. The Texas Public Policy Foundation promotes and defends solutions here and around the country based on liberty, free enterprise, and personal responsibility. Whether informing the national debate on property rights,
1: Welcome back to America, Can We Talk? I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Uh, I will tell you that next hour we have joining us Lieutenant Colonel Alan West. It's always great to have him in the studio and, you know, just kind of pick his brains and all the top news of the day. Uh, and if I want to wrap up uh, this hour talking about three things. I think I've said enough about Kavanaugh, I, you know, just about um, we have to recognize the assault on the uh, on President Trump, on the ability to appoint a Supreme Court uh, represented by this attack. Okay, but I want to turn to—I was talking about the American left and how just wound up they are about this election. You know, President Obama has been—former President Obama has been zipping around the country, demonizing President Trump, demonizing the voters, uh, and this is just— pretty unprecedented. You don't usually have the former president in a midterm election just stirring things up. But the left sees this election in really consequential terms. Number one, if they can regain control of the House, there will be no more subpoenas understanding what happened inside the FBI and the Department of Justice. That'll be dropped. There will be an impeachment hearing and I gave a speech this week and at the end, Q&A is my favorite part, someone said, Well, what could they impeach President Trump for? He hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't, you know, and I said, no, you don't understand. The truth is the impeachment standard in the Constitution is not intended to be a legal standard that a court can review. The, The decision about whether the impeachment standard is met is owned by the members of Congress. They could impeach him because... You know, purple socks because nothing. And so it's really important to understand this is this election cycle is vital to the Democrats, both because they don't want all of these shenanigans inside the FBI and Department of Justice coming to light. This is bad for them. And they really want to be sure that they can turn the rest of uh, President Trump's tenure as as his first term in this uh, two years just just consumed with impeachment hearings and removal hearings and his agenda gets thwarted. This is the mission that they're on. So um, I was going to mention, I I have like three more things I want to try to hit in this segment. Um, One is I want to mention, um, you know, there's this department of justice, um, kind of three big things that happened this week that that relate to the Mueller indictment or the, the Mueller investigation and the FISA warrants. Number one, in case you missed this, Bob Woodward, you know, the not journalist, journalist, out with his new book. And he's, you know, pointing fingers and claiming terrible things were said about President Trump. I want to be sure you caught this. On Friday, he was interviewed on Hugh Hewitt. And he talked about how he's been working on this book for two years. And in two years, with all the investigative brilliance of Bob Woodward, could, and he said on Hugh Hewitt, he said three times, could not find a shred of evidence. That there was any collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign. I mean, this is the whole reason we had the we had the Mueller investigation, the whole reason for all of this massive investigation. Bob Woodward, who pretty much gets everyone to talk to him, said no evidence found. And the next point I want to make. Devin Nunes spoke in Washington um, Thursday. You know, he is the House, uh, House Intelligence Committee chairman. Great, really, really hardworking, hard nosed, not going to give up on all this. He said he's pressing, and he does believe President Trump is going to declassify parts of the warrant, the spy warrant, the, the FISA court, the warrant issued by the court. He's going to, that Trump is going to order release. And he said, and, and he expects Trump to declassify many of these things, and he used the term that when this happens, the Democrats and the media are going to be frightened by the information contained in the Trump-Russia documents that the Republicans are asking Trump to declassify. He spoke at something, um, he wants declassified portions of the FISA, a warrant application. Um, he talked about, and he's been able to see it because of his position, but most people haven't. He's just saying, you aren't going to believe how bad it is. So I, I'm very hopeful that President Trump, I mean, there's all sorts of concerns of why he has an order that released yet, but I think he's going to, and I think that's a really great thing. The third thing I wanted to mention on this uh, Mueller world stuff. So there was, you heard, of course, that Paul Manafort decided to cooperate with the Mueller team. Now, Paul Manafort was convicted, of uh, some crimes unrelated to President Trump and the Russia collusion allegation, but still convicted. He's decided to cooperate with Mueller, which, you know, is never good. <laughs> I mean, if you're worried about. It. But what's the most amazing thing? NPR, NPR, no friend of conservatives, said the Paul Manafort deal with special counsel Mueller's office does not include matters involving the Trump campaign. Again. You have Mueller appointed because of this massive hoax concocted by Hillary and Fusion GPS and the Democrat Party and the people inside the FBI and DOJ concoct this whole story, ending up with Mueller being appointed special counsel in violation of their own internal regulation, the Department of Justice, because they didn't have a crime they're even alleging. He can't find a darn thing about Trump and Russia. So now he's off on Trump affiliates, Manafort and all the other characters and going after them for things which I'm not saying they weren't illegal. They they may have committed crimes. But this entire investigation has overwhelmed the first, whatever we are in, 18 months or so of the present of President Trump's. I'm going to say first term. I don't know if it will a second term, but of President Trump's presidency. It has consumed the news. It has consumed the mindset of, of many American peoples, assuming something bad must have happened. Because look at all this media attention. Look at all the lawyers. Look at all the hearings. Look at the indictments. At the end of the day, the allegation that Trump colluded with the Russians, which and the, the therefore to the Democrats, is, and therefore is not really a legitimate president, didn't really win is just a fabrication. And even now this Manafort, you know, who's maybe facing a long time, I read something, even with the reduced charges and the deal that he made, he'll still be in prison until he's 79 or something horrible. So, you know, this is, I mean, this is big time stuff, but it is not what the whole investigation was supposed to be about. One more thing related to Mueller, and then I want to turn to very quickly for our listeners, especially listeners in Texas, uh, the uh, Ted Cruz, Francis O'Rourke, Senate race. I want to hit a couple of points about that. But uh, back to Mueller one more time, I was going to say that newly released text messages, if you don't realize, because there's so many headlines and the name, I mean, there's so many characters involved and they swirl around. Let me just make a couple of things clear. What has become, beside the other things I just mentioned, what became clear in some text messages released this week is that the sweethearts inside the FBI and DOJ um, you know, that you had um, Struck and Paige, who were both married and having an affair. But, okay, texting back and forth. They te- and in fact, I meant to look up again how many text messages they text like, like teenagers who just found a, a, a sweetheart or something. But their text messages, the sequence of which Representative Mark Meadows put in a letter to Rod Rosenstein and said, Would you please look at these? These people are essentially encouraging. You know, struck is encouraging page. Yeah, get something out. They'll leak it to the media, so then they see, run the story. The next day, he congratulates her. Hey, you got it out there. I saw Hey, that's really good. She's responding. These people were playing the media and then using the media stories as evidence of things that must be going on out there and therefore warrant further investigation. They have just played the American people and the American justice system. So. I hope they end up going to jail. I don't know. Okay. I just, I have three minutes left in this segment. And I want to say something about the Ted Cruz and Beto campaign. Um, and I'm going to talk about it more next week too. I'm just going to, because next week we actually have a someone from the Ted Cruz campaign joining us on the show. And we're going to talk in more depth about the, about this campaign and how it's going. This is the number one watch Senate race in the country. Here in Texas, we have a, our senior senator, Cornyn. He's up in 2020. We have Ted Cruz, you know, came from nowhere in 2012 to win the Republican nomination and then win the seat. He is, if you asked any conservative in America, you know, name the top conservative leaders in Washington, you know, in government or out, everyone's going to have Ted Cruz on their list. He is a stalwart conservative. He happens to have memorized the Constitution, which is amazing. Um, and he is a fighter You know, he will speak up on issues that other people sit back and wait for Ted to speak up. But so right now, Ted is in a battle in this red state of Texas uh, for his to win again in November. And the Democrat nominee is named Robert Francis O'Rourke. He's Irish, but he uses the name Beto, B-E-T-O. He claims it was a nickname from um, elementary school or something. I just want to make a few points about this. I have noticed some Republicans talking about the idea that, you know— Beto's kind of cool. He's kind of fun. You know, he's really friendly. He makes me, he's just so fun to be around. You know, yeah, he's just a, yeah, he's just, he looks like such a nice guy. People understand this. Every Democrat running in the country for Senate is Chuck Schumer. It doesn't matter how nice he sounds, what nice things he said, he's going to vote with the Democrat Party line. It makes no difference what he says and how friendly he says it. And by the way, I printed out his website or junk from his website, the Democrats are amazing in their ability. The term is euphemism, like to find a friendly, happy way and, and, and positive sounding way to, to cover the bad things they want to do. But Beto is, doesn't matter how nice he is or if you think he's cute, he is going to vote the radical left agenda. He's going to raise your taxes. He's going to get rid of the border wall. He is going to take your guns away. And he is going to fight for the left-wing agenda, the Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi agenda. There's no difference from him than any other radical leftist in this country. We need to stop being so obsessed with cute or personality or any other dumb things like that this is not charm school competition this is about who will you send to the senate who will stand with the principles that you say you believe in and i hear republicans saying well i don't know i mean you know i i, I had a hard time getting a ted cruz yard said, okay get over it you know okay yes we don't have enough yard signs out yet this is not what the race is about it is so important to understand a hundred seats in the whole, a hundred people out of the whole population of America sit in that Senate. And you better pick someone who understands the Constitution, understands the virtues of limited government, understands the vital nature of national security. You cannot have some. Some happy-sounding guy whose website is full of things about fair, saying that health care is a right. No, it's not a right, actually. It's a necessity. It's something we have to take care of policy-wise. It is not a right. And we've got to get on top of this notion that we're voting for somebody out of any, for any reason other than because they'll go to Washington, D.C. and stand up for the Constitution and the idea of limited government in the United States of America. More in this next week with Wade Miller who'll be in to join me. Okay, we're going after the break, we're gonna very happily have Lieutenant Colonel Alan West join us in studio. And in the meantime I we'll use my ten seconds to say thank you so much to our sponsor. I want to thank G C Works, a Dallas based company, performance research and advanced technology, delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Couldn't do the show without them. Come back if you're on Facebook Live, come back right after this break.
5: Go down.